The food baby. Air baby. God, it looks like I'm pregnant. I'm absolutely blown up like a fish. Bloating. Shift workers suffer more from it, but particularly you ladies. There are some easily explained reasons for it too. In today's episode, I will discuss why bloating may be happening and what you can do to help prevent it. Shift work can be brutal, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to a healthy shift. My name is Roger Sutherland, certified nutritionist, veteran law enforcement officer, and 24-7 shift worker for almost four decades. Through this podcast, I aim to educate shift workers using evidence-based methods to not only survive the rigors of shift work, but thrive. My goal is to empower shift workers to improve their health and well-being so they have more energy to do the things they love. Enjoy today's show. And welcome to today's episode of the show. Why am I so bloated? Put your hands up. Who suffers from this? And I see many, many hands. I get so many questions around this topic, so let's address it. Ladies, I know that you can totally relate to this, so let's break it down for you, what's causing it, so that you can make informed decisions on how to best address it, given your own circumstances. So first of all, what is bloating? Now, bloating usually refers to abdominal bloating, which is like a distended belly, often accompanied by burping, which is your belching, gas, flatulence, which is farting, and abdominal discomfort, and that feeling of fullness. Now, bloating, in fairness, is incredibly complex, and it can be a whole range of things, so let's address exactly what it's not, and blow some myths out of the water to start with. Then we'll address what it could be, and how to best prevent it. So let's just pick the first myth, that bloating is only caused by what we eat. So outside of food intolerances, I find it rarely the case that specific foods alone are what is causing the bloating. Situations such as stress, wearing tight clothing all day, and being sedentary with a lack of movement are all common contributors, as well as how we eat. So number two, myth. Bloating can be fixed by cutting out certain foods. Insert this food, dairy, or or whatever you want to put it in there. So before cutting out foods that are perfectly good for you, because some online article has told you that, you know, lentils are no good for you or apples are the biggest culprits, there's a bunch of simple things that you can do to actually ease the bloat. Now, it's a very complex issue, not just food. It could be a number of things. It can be poor sleep, stress, too much caffeine. So don't demonize a particular food and certainly not a food group unless you've been properly tested and diagnosed with an intolerance. The third myth, bloating has a common cause. The truth is there's no single cause nor a one-size-fits-all to bloating. It's a lot more complex than that. There are many different triggers. The sheer volume of food or fluid that you've eaten or consumed. A backlog of poop, in this case, constipation or Simply, the gas produced by a gut microbiota when faced with a load of fermentable-type carbs. Now, here is where things get complex. Whether you feel the bloat or not, 
can be down to your intestine sensitivity and how efficient your body is absorbing the gas produced by your unique uh, gut microbiota. Now, it's important for you to understand that as our gut microbiota is breaking down prebiotic foods, it is actually creating a gas, and that is perfectly normal. So it's how that, that gas is produced, but it's how we get rid of that that is important. The fourth myth, myth is eating certain foods which can eliminate bloating. Now, there's no single food that can magically cure but bloating. And as much as we wish it would, in fact, concentrated celery juice, which is a common myth on the internet, for example, may indeed actually trigger bloating in people with IBS. What I really want you to understand is that the occasional bloat is totally normal, and especially after a heavy meal or when we have something that contains extra fibre, a la baked beans, lentils, things like that. In fact, a little bit of bloating after a high-fibre meal is a good thing and perfectly natural. What it means is that your inner community of microbes are well-fed and they're doing their job. Bloating is perfectly natural and is only an issue when it's actually ongoing. If you can't explain it and it's impacting your quality of life, no one at all should have to live with that. But when it comes and goes, that's perfectly normal. Okay, so we've kicked those to the curb. So now let's actually address what it may be caused by. Number one, air or gas, which is actually trapped in the digestive tract. Number two, a liquid. It could be straight out just fluid retention. This means that there's too much liquid that can be seen and or felt after eating or drinking. Diets rich in salts, such as pretzels or instant noodles and mixed nuts, are common causes of fluid retention. In fact, ladies, you'll experience fluid retention or too much liquid before your period starts, which causes bloating. So keep that in mind for what I'm going to talk about later on. There could be something solid inside the digestive tract, such as faeces or poo, which causes constipation. In this scenario, we basically have a hard time farting, so the gas needs to go somewhere. And that's where it just blows up. Potentially, due to our digestive organs not working effectively, we may be forcing our digestive tract to digest food during a biological night while our circadian rhythm has it resting. Or a health condition such as IBS, celiac disease, a gluten intolerance, a lactose insensitivity, or even just reflux. Now, I'll come out and say this one too. Have a think about it. You're in an environment where you just can't let one rip. Okay, so who's been in that environment where you've been had to hold them in, and what a relief you finally get when you get to let it go. Now, don't deny it. We've all been there, whether it be a work environment, whether it be in a relationship, whatever. And that causes bloating. How good is it when you get to release it? And we've all seen the videos on our TikToks. So what causes bloating specifically on night shift? It comes down to a few things. We're eating at times when our digestive system is meant to be actually sleeping. Now our digestive system runs in line with our circadian rhythm, the biological day and the biological night. Yet even while we're awake, 
overnight, our digestive tract sleeps. And this is our body literally shutting it down to rest and recover. Food is a lot more difficult to digest overnight, and therefore, it actually takes longer to pass through. This is why it is vital that we choose easy-to-digest foods overnight to help our digestive tract. I'll give you some examples. Soups, protein shakes, smoothies, yogurt, a piece of fruit. These are all easy. The second point that could cause bloating is we're choosing foods that are hard for our body to digest overnight. Now, when we're tired, the foods that we least need to be eating are the ones that we are actually reaching for, and that is the highly palatable carbs and fats. Think burgers, chips, cakes, biscuits, sweets, pizzas, pastas. You get the picture, I'm sure. Now, these foods are difficult to digest even during the day. So imagine what it's doing to your system while it's resting overnight. This causes bloating, not to mention that these high-carb foods, which literally break down into sugar, causing a spike in your blood sugar levels, and then we crash. Repeat. Long-term sugar spikes or constant sugar in our bloodstream over time has harmful effects on us, and this leads to cardiovascular disease and type 2 diabetes. These foods are also so easy for us to overeat and are very calorically dense, which means they're high in calories. This leads to weight gain due to very poor energy balance. And I mean, what I mean by that is, we are basically, majority of people are fairly sedentary overnight. So eating highly palatable and calorically dense foods causes a really poor energy balance and hence we end up putting on weight. The next point is we crave comfort food and often use food as like an entertainment when we're bored. We crave comfort food due to the imbalance of our hunger hormones, which are leptin and ghrelin. Up during the night, sleeping during the day, poor sleep, these two vital hormones are completely out of balance. Now, leptin keeps us feeling full and satisfied and ghrelin leaves us with severe hunger signals. Eating these foods satisfies for a short time, but not for long. And then we repeat, which leads us again to overeat. Now foods, if they're causing you grief during the day, it will be worth worse overnight. So if you are aware of intolerance to certain foods during the day, whatever you do, don't think that that will be better off overnight. It will actually be a lot worse. If you are unsure of what foods are causing your discomfort or bloating, what can be enormously beneficial for people is if you're suffering from bloating, is to run yourself a small food diary. And then you can look back over time as to what it is that's actually caused that bloating. And you can time that with your cycle to see where things are at or stresses as well. Now, something that may cause you to bloat one time for a reason may not at another time. Our body is a tricky little system. Behavioural issues, which are self-sabotaging, is the next point. Now, all of us, and in particular shift workers, self-sabotage by our own behaviours. It's not your fault. A lot of this happens due to lack of education, and it's come from a lack of education over a long period of time. Think back. When you started shift work, who were you learning how to go about the shift work from? Were you actually getting information from people at work, or were you following people who were evidence-based? Hello? 
here I am. So what we need to do is we need to be careful of our own self-sabotaging behaviours. Being sedentary. Digestion needs gravity and movement. So take a little walk after eating or on your next break. Don't leave it sitting there or, worse, lie down after eating. Stress plays a major role in our gastrointestinal issues as well. Are you feeling nervous? Are you anxious? Are you stressed? The first line of questioning for a dietitian and or a nutritionist when someone comes to us with gut issues is around the stress and the stress in your environment. Stress plays an enormous role in gastrointestinal issues and it's important that we manage stress at all times. Now this can come down to a simple five-minute meditation or a breathing practice while you're on a break to restore yourself into a parasympathetic state. The next thing that we need to be very careful of is antibiotics. Are you are you on or have you just recently completed a course of antibiotics? Now, antibiotics can literally destroy a third of your gut microbiota, which will cause further problems for some time afterwards. So always question your doctor if antibiotics are really necessary for the impact that they can cause over the long term. And if you have had a cause a course of antibiotics, then focus on a probiotic and prebiotic foods for some time after to restore the balance in your gut microbiota. Now, probiotic foods are foods such as kimchi, um, sauerkraut, um, pickles, uh, Greek yogurt, things like that. They're the probiotics. That's putting the live bacteria back into your gut. Prebiotic foods are things like your fruits and nuts, seeds, legumes, that are actually prebiotic, they feed our probiotic uh, live culture in our gut. This is important to restore balance in the gut microbiota and something that we should always be doing. Okay, so there are some of the causes. So what can we actually do to try and prevent it? The first one is to try not to eat too much. Now, it's so easy to overeat when we're distracted. So remove the distractions and focus on your food. Eat mindfully. Now, you might think this sounds happy clapper, But literally, sit there and look at your food. Smell it. Taste it. Look at it. Look at the colours of it. Look at how it all comes together. Where did it all come from? Just go through that process while you're actually eating it. The other thing to remember is your stomach is only the size of your clenched fist. I saw you. You actually just looked at your clenched fist then. It's not very big, is it? And it's so easy to overeat and then feel ridiculously full. So check in with yourself while you're actually eating. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at this food. It smells delicious. Oh my God. Put your phone away. Don't look at the TV. Look at the food. Don't get in. You can have conversation, but don't get yourself bogged down in scrolling your phone and shoveling food in, chewing it four times and then swallowing it. This is what is actually causing you problems. When you eat, put it in your mouth. Taste it. Feel it, chew it, chew it again, keep chewing it and keep chewing it because this takes pressure off your digestive tract having to break it all down. Four chews and a swallow sucks the air in as well and this is actually going to cause you bloating at the same time. It also puts strain on your digestive tract by causing your digestive tract to have to break down bigger pieces of food. So slow down while you're eating. The faster you eat, 
the more air that goes in with it as well. We need to avoid highly processed carbohydrates. And I know this is hard. I'm looking at you nurses at your nurse's station or in the police watch houses or fire stations or at the paramedics going into the hospitals. Those stations have chips, chocolates, cakes, slice. Everyone brings them in. Patients, their uh, friends and relatives are bringing in lollies and cake and slice. Here you go. Thanks for looking after. But what they're doing is they're destroying your health. Pizzas, sweets, highly palatable foods. They are all so easy to overeat. What you need to do is stick with complex carbs. Complex carbs are whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. What is absolutely ideal to have overnight is a highly blitzed vegetable soup. You can throw anything you want in it. You can put a protein sauce in it, like beans or chickpeas or something like that. Blitz it all up, and what it will do is it will give you fiber, it will give you the digestibility, and it will give you an enormous nutrient value. The other thing to be very careful of is to be careful of artificial sweeteners. No, I am not demonizing artificial sweeteners, but too much can actually cause severe gas and bloating. Remember, artificial sweeteners are not only in sugar-free drinks, but majority of diet or low-fat foods as well to reduce their caloric content. They remove the sugar and put an artificial sweetener in it. A classic example of this is the protein bars that you're eating. Protein bars for health, for fitness, fantastic. They reduce the calories, increase the protein, but they reduce the calories by taking the sugars out, the carbohydrates, and putting artificial sweeteners in it. Keep that in mind. The other thing, caffeine. Caffeine irritates our gut. And as much as it is our shift work lifeblood, it can actually cause IBS. I highly recommend cutting caffeine out after midnight for our night shift workers. There is a cycle here. Think caffeine. If you are tired, you feel like you need more caffeine. But caffeine actually affects our sleep quality. End of story. Okay, yeah, I can have an espresso, Rog, and then I can go straight to bed. Blah, blah, blah. You know, no worries at all. All I'm hearing is blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can go to sleep, but you are not getting the quality sleep that you need. Be aware of caffeine-containing foods as well. Coke Zero, chocolate, energy drinks. These all contain caffeine and it all adds up. In a can of Coke Zero, for example, there's 40 milligrams of caffeine. That's half a shot of coffee, caffeine. So think about that. And when you get quality sleep, you have less need for caffeine. So this is why I say cut it out from midnight. You will sleep better. Yeah, you'll be tired, but that's what we want. You'll sleep better. And then the next thing that will actually happen is you won't need as much caffeine, which won't cause you as much grief. Now, ladies, let's just add in another massive complication here for you. Have you ever noticed that it's the girls all talking about bloating and you'd rarely hear from the guys? So let's break that down as to why this literally happens. Females literally have a longer digestive tract. It takes 14 hours longer for food to digest through a female digestive tract than it does in a male. The female stomach is less acidic and it empties slower. A female colon is longer. In fact, it's almost four inches, which is 10 centimetres longer. And the female colon empties slower. Now, 
Couple this with the location of the female reproductive organs. They're internal and they're in the same place. Now, again, couple that with the luteal phase of your cycle, which is the last two weeks before the menstrual bleed. Now, where is everything located? It's all located down in a wide pelvis, which is designed for childbirth. Everything's all sitting down there, rubbing up against each other, and it's agitated. So it's no wonder we end up with inflammation and bloating. That's something to keep in mind. Where are the male reproductive organs? They're on the outside. Males, everything moves faster through the male, and males don't suffer from the problem as much as females do for that very reason. So what's the solution for this, ladies? A high-fibre diet. You really should be aiming for at least 25 to 30 grams of fibre daily for your health. That's all, not just shift workers, everyone. Hydration. High hydration, especially for shift workers, and again, another especially for females, and even more importantly, overnight. And move. Every little bit helps. Walking on a break and not being sedentary for too long helps enormously. Let gravity do its work. Don't hold it in. I know. Ladies, we all like a home poo. I get it. But if you need to, if you feel the need, you've got to go. Holding it in is literally causing you more problems. Why would you sit there feeling awful when you've got an opportunity? Sneak off, find somewhere quiet, off you go. And I'm not talking about behind a tree outside either, just quietly. Anyway, now, the other thing that we need to do is to try and fast from midnight to 6 a.m. Now, if you can't fast for that period of time, then what you need to do is to have something like a, um, a yogurt and a protein powder or a protein shake or some yogurt and berries or something like that at around about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. But it's got to be something that's really easy to digest and something that's easy to slip through your system. That's why I mentioned the soup. Don't fast at the cost of overeating when you get home because that's going to have a bigger impact on your digestive tract. Something small is absolutely okay. So let's go through what's best to eat on night shift. What's best to eat on night shift? Healthy sources of protein. Now, what is a source of protein? Fish. Lean meats, poultry, a handful of nuts and seeds. For the vegans and vegetarians, tofu, legumes, pulses, cheeses, yogurt. Meats and poultry, I highly suggest that people slow cook meat and poultry if you're going to eat it overnight because it will digest. It breaks down. It's much more tender and it will break down easier. The way to put that in, you can blitz it through a soup. You can blitz it through a stew, a casserole, put it in a slow cooker meal and take it to work in a wide mouth thermos and you can just snack on it as you go. Make sure you're putting fruits and vegetables in and try and include dark leafy green in your veggies daily. Healthy fats to enjoy include olive oil, avocado, nuts and seeds. They are all absolutely ideal. We need to increase water or our herbal teas. Remember that there is caffeine also in black tea, but use water and herbal teas to keep you well hydrated. And keep that in mind that fatigue is literally a symptom of dehydration, and it may actually also be the cause of your hunger. 
Now, night shift snacks that may be beneficial for you, fruit is always good. A piece of fruit is ideal. We don't want to overeat on it, but a piece of fruit is good. Fruit provides fibre. It also gives you sweetness due to its natural sugar. There is so much goodness in fruit. I cannot begin to tell you the value in vitamins and minerals that fruit offers. Nuts and seeds. Just a small portion, as good as they are, they are also calorically very dense. So be careful. Take a small portion with you, not the whole bag. Greek yogurt, whey protein powder, is another uh, great, sweet, and enormously beneficial treat. The protein in the yogurt and the whey powder will keep you feeling fuller longer, and it will just easily go through the system. Protein shakes and smoothies are easy to digest, and they're very, very satisfying. Hard-boiled eggs, you can apologise to your colleagues later. Baby bell cheeses are ideal as well, and hummus and veggie sticks. All right. We've gone on long enough with all this, so let's just wrap it all up. Remember, if you are constantly bloating, you need to have a discussion with your physician, but make sure you have everything else that I've just spoken about right before you do. So what do you need to get right? Stay in line with your circadian rhythm with your eating. Avoid highly processed foods overnight, and we've mentioned what they are. Avoid caffeine after midnight. Manage stress this greatly impacts on the gut-brain axis. It really does. If your head is stressed, your gut will be stressed as well. If your gut is stressed, your head will be stressed at the same time. Get your sleep right. By getting your sleep right, it actually impacts massively on our hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin. When we have good sleep, our leptin is elevated and we don't crave the food. Think when you're tired what it is that you actually crave. And the signals that come from your gut, highly palatable carbohydrates and fats. And high hydration. Now, on my website, I have a free ebook on why we should fast overnight and a structure for the overnight fast. So if you go to ahealthyshift.com and scroll down, you will see that there is my free ebook on why we should fast overnight and how to go about structuring an overnight fast. On my website, under the blogs, is also a really important blog on nutritional considerations for females performing shift work. And that is another really important reference for you to have a read of to understand how you need to go about your uh, overnight fast and shift work. So there you go. Now, just keep that in mind. There's a lot around bloating, and it's a very, very complex issue. It's not that you've eaten carbs. It's not that you've eaten dairy. It could be literally eating outside your circadian rhythm and eating those, or lack of hydration, or you're stressed. There are many, many contributing factors to what is causing you to bloat. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever a new episode is released. It would also be ever so helpful if you could leave a rating and review on the app you're currently listening on. If you want to know more about me or work with me, you can go to ahealthyshift.com. I'll catch you on the next one.